Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is still Paul Madad. I appreciate you being here. Today, I have Greg Grant. He is CEO of a company called... Oh, I lost it here. We'll do it again. <laughs> All right. You know what? I already have the intro, so we'll just go into it then. Okay. So, okay. So, Greg, let's go back in time. Early 90s, you're in Buffalo, State University, New York College at Buffalo, uh, Electrical Engineering, Dean's List. Talk to me, man. What did you think you'd be doing? Did you have sales in your in your brain at all back then? Not at all. Not no, at all, not, right? Not at all. Was it, when I was in high school, I actually was thinking about being a forensic scientist, right? So I'd always been involved in tech and interested in it. When I was a kid, I used to go and when anything broken in the house, I would take it in the basement and try and fix it. Nothing ever got fixed, but I enjoyed the hands-on and the technology side of things. So, no, my goal, uh, especially you know, going to school for engineering, was I was going to be an electrical engineer and design circuits and cool technologies for my whole life. How did you get to Buffalo? Are you from upstate Western New York? From the Bronx, actually. Uh, okay. I grew up in, grew in Manhattan, and then uh, you know I was looking for different schools in different areas. And I started out at a small school called Alfred University. Uh, which was kind of a one horse town thing. And then when I transitioned, Buffalo looked like they had a good program because theirs was uh, electrical engineering technology. So I wasn't just doing, you know, the engineering work. I was actually doing the hands-on work after to actually design and build. So it, it was really exciting to me being able to get access to both of those things. Cool. Now, did you actually convert that education into you becoming an electrical engineer? Uh, no, what happened is when I moved to San Diego, uh, that was my plan. And, you know, I guess backing up after a couple of Buffalo winters, I decided I didn't want to be in Buffalo anymore. Yeah. So when I came out here, I was looking for engineering jobs, but it was at a time where a lot of the military contractors, which was a very big business and still is today in San Diego, they were laying people off. The, the, the market just wasn't good. And what happened is every time I kept going on interviews, they kept saying, well, I think you should talk to the sales manager. You've got some good sales qualities. I said, no, I'm an engineer. No, we think you're a technical salesperson. So I finally listened to them. And that's when the career started in the technology space. So what drew you to San Diego versus heading back to New York? Well, uh, I was kind of tired of winters was number one. And I wanted to explore a little bit. The main thing for me was when I was about six months away from graduating, I talked with one of my professors and not to date myself, but that's when you're still looking in the newspaper for ads. Right. And there was nothing, you know, I could go work in Rochester for Kodak, but that was really my only option. So talking to one of my professors, I said, what do I do with this degree? And it was the old infamous go West young man, you know, yeah. everything is happening in California. So a couple thousand dollars and a bag of clothes in the back. And I drove cross country and never looked back. And so no job, just uh, just a dream, something I got to do something. I got to start earning. So why not go live in California? I don't blame you, quite frankly. And so how long was the transition from, I guess, technically unemployment to your first real gig? Well, I, I had a, a very quick stint uh, as a car audio salesperson at a retail store for about a year um, when I was still trying to figure it out. And then I found out about the electronics distribution world, specifically in the semiconductor space. And that sounded pretty interesting to me. So I'd say probably 18 months or so before the actual career started where I got into tech. And, and when, where'd you go when you got into tech? 
a company called Future Electronics out of Montreal. Okay. Yeah. And so were you able to, did you have to move to Montreal or were you able to stay in San Diego? No, I was able to stay in San Diego. They sent us up for, I think it was a four week training program or something like that. And then I was back. There's a San Diego office here. There's probably 20, 30 people. Um, and I'd actually started there as a field applications engineer. So, you know, I was helping the sales team on the technical issues and going out and meeting with engineers. And I, I realized after about six months, the salespeople were making substantially more money than me, but I was doing all the heavy lifting. And that's Sounds when I right. Yeah. 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 So that's when I transitioned into field sales. And then I really never looked back. And so what, was it a pretty easy conversion for you transition into this? It's because it's one thing if you, if you know the technical side of things and you, you're a bit of a, a SME and you kind of, you kind of get it, but it's another thing to be responsible for the fundamentals of selling. You're responsible for a number and uh, you know, et cetera. Some people can't hack it. And so was that an easier transition for you than you thought, or was it hard? Uh, hmm. I guess for me, just in maybe growing up in New York and the, the people I hung out with, I've always been a pretty social person and have been able to meet people and, and bond fairly quickly. Uh, the techniques and the skills and all the things that you learn after a while, that, that was challenging on the front end, coming from the technical side and kind of the things that we were talking about. <clears throat> how do you get in the door? What do you do when you get in the door? You know, how, yeah. What does this actual sales process look like from beginning to end? That took a little while to figure out. And so how long did you uh, stay with that organization in a sales capacity? Uh, so I think I did about a year and a half uh, as the applications engineer. And then I moved into field sales uh, after that. And for how long were you there with that company overall? Uh, I think altogether, probably about four years or so. Okay. So four years. Okay. And so was it your choice to move on? It was. Uh, what I was trying to do is I, I felt that uh, I was dealing with a lot of commodity products and it was much harder to sell. I preferred to get involved with technology projects where they had some, something special, you know, different technology, something earth shattering, um, you know, selling capacitors and resistors all day got pretty boring. Yeah. And they also wanted to swim upstream. Uh, unfortunately, the way it was is distribution was kind of looked at in a lower fashion that it was just commodities and you're competing on price and this kind of thing. So I wanted to move upstream and upstream at that time was working for a manufacturer's rep. Uh, which was the transition I made out of distribution into manufacturer's rep. And that's when I really felt like I was home. That was and where'd you go? Uh, it was a company called Adam, and that was in Del Mar, California. Okay. All right. So still Southern California. And was it a good run there? Was it what you wanted? Yeah, it was great. I was there for six years. Okay. Um, so it was a very good experience. I got to call on accounts like Sony and Motorola and Hewlett Packard and really started to learn then how to be an enterprise level consultative salesperson. Okay. And so why aren't you still there? Well, the market changed and uh, the commissions were dropping. The mm -hmm. gentleman who started the company, who was one of my mentors, uh, he retired and there was some infighting and things like that. And I also felt that it was about time for my next challenge. Uh, what happened is I was actually uh, went to work for one of my customers. Uh, I was selling to one of my customers and they were looking for a new sales director. And he said, yeah, you should talk about us, you know, talk to us about this job very cool technology in the video space and then interviewed with them. And uh, it was a startup. So I like, I've always liked working for smaller companies that have growth potential. Um, so that was really exciting going over there. And that's where I really learned, you know, much deeper about the consultative selling process. And we were selling big systems and things like that. Um, after about two years, they got bought out by LSI logic. Okay. And at that same time, I got recruited into my next position, which was with uh, Celestica out of Toronto. Oh, interesting. Okay. So now do you think you would have left had the acquisition not happened? 
Like, were you ready to go or did, did that maybe trigger something? Yeah, I think there was, it, it was a, a very aggressive startup, um, you know, kind of uh, something you would never see up in Canada that people throwing erasers across the room and flipping chairs and, and those kind of things. So uh, there was a lot of toxic kind of personalities there. So I felt like it, it was time. Okay. And that's the and only so job I've had for a short period of time like that. I was at Adam for six years. I went to uh, Terrari, which is now LSI for two years. And then the next job with Celestica, I was there 10 years. Okay. So, well, okay. So it's six years with, with Adam. So, so two, so two, two companies for a decade and then essentially Celesta for a decade. Yeah. And, and so with Celestica, I know them to be a reputable company. Uh, were you able to stay in San Diego or did you have a lot of travel with that job or what was that like? <laughs> I did. I did. I was able to, uh, Home was still in San Diego. It has been for, the, I just crossed over my 30th year here in San Diego mm. this year. Uh, but there definitely was a price to pay with that job. Um, it was great. It was prestigious. I got to do really fun things. However, I was flying 250 to 300,000 miles a year. I was in San Jose two weeks out of the month. And then in Asia, usually another week out of that month, either in China or Thailand, because that's where we did all the manufacturing for Google and Apple. And so that's tough on, on when, you, when you try and establish, I imagine, some sense of balance. You know, I remember when I worked at Xerox, I was there for about a decade. And when I was in the training role there, I was a single guy and I was, I was in the training role. So I traveled a lot. I was in the U.S. a lot. I was in Canada a lot. And so I loved it because I was putting on miles like you and all these upgrades. And it was just great because I'm a single guy. It's early 30s. It's just, this is great, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, priorities change. You know, I want to have a family. I want to settle down. I don't want to I don't want to be away from everybody. And so, um, so after a decade of Celestica and I know them to, are they not associated on some level with IBM or the sister company or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It was a spin out at the early end of an IBM manufacturing facility. And then it grew. And matter of fact, they still do a lot of business with uh, IBM. Uh, they were doing a lot of business system bills up in San Jose when I was with the company. Did um, when you grow, were... and I think they're $4 billion now. They're a huge company. When you were up my way, did you stay at the end on the park? No, I think I, I stayed at the, there was a Hilton there right off of Don okay. Hill. That's where I usually stay at. Yeah, yeah, I got it. The Prince, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. The preserve the Prince. All right, good. So, okay, so a decade at Celestica, uh, lots of perks, prestigious job. Um, did something happen that forced you out or was it just, okay, I, I need something different in my life? Because that's a long haul with a company with, I imagine, lots of runway for, for still growth as a career, I imagine. Yes. Um, so it was, I think I came to a, a kind of a transition point in life, like we all do it sometimes. I really enjoyed my time at Celestica. I worked with some brilliant people. Some of them are still great friends today. Um, I was able to build up a design services group on the West Coast that didn't exist before and was very successful. And then I was brought in to build a team to conquer some business at Google and Apple, which we built up and do $250 million in under three years. So that was really exciting. It was fun. Frankly, the travel started wearing on me. Uh, I was I was home a week out of the month. I was missing events with my family. And the reality is, even though the technology was super cool and I was doing cutting edge, you know, data center type of work with Google and Apple, at the end of the day, I felt empty. I'll tell you, Paul, I just, there was nothing inside except for the money was good. And I felt like this was a prestigious, you know, you're managing Google. That was great. Sure. But at the end of the day, I didn't feel like I was making a difference at all. And I, I just came to a crossroads and decided I wanted to try and find a way where I could take my you know, 30 years of experience and 
make a difference in people's lives. And by being a fractional VP of sales, I can do that and move the needle with, you know, people that generally wouldn't have access to someone with my skill set. So now while the finances are fine, it's just absolutely the most rewarding part of the job is talking to a CEO after I've been working with them for three or six months and then telling me how I changed their life and their business. And now they can actually be CEO again. And that's just, it's heartwarming. It's really great. And so was, was the decision to, to move on from Celestica, did you, did you find G squared then, or is that what you did? <laughs> well, this is the interesting part of it. So I'd been there 10 years. So of course, at 10 years, there's a severance package that would happen. And I, basically told my boss, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not really particularly happy here. Um, I know every November, as Celestica did, they would lay salespeople off. Yeah. <clears throat> but I told him I wasn't going to quit because there was a severance package. So I basically requested that I get put on the list um, for the layoffs that were going to happen. So uh, that's what happened. And sure enough, it did. And then I took probably six months off after that to really soul search and figure out exactly what it was I wanted to do. And then I kind of just randomly came across this as a possible opportunity from some other trusted advisors I know in San Diego. And when I heard about this, it's just, uh, this is it. Like, this is what I'm meant to do. And uh, so it was, it was a great decision. From the time when you actually decided to have that conversation with your boss at the time to when you was in your head, was that a long period before you finally had that conversation? Or was it just, I got to go, I'm having the conversation today? No, it was probably a year long <laughs> okay. process of decision. Because it was, you know, it was a good job yeah. and it was a good company to work for. And my bosses were great. I mean, it was, I have nothing bad to say about the company. It was a really great experience. I think you just come to that time where you feel like it, it's time to move on. And I, I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur, uh, even through my professional career. I had a few side businesses. I had a real estate business. I had uh, a manufacturing business. And these were all kind of side things that I'd always had, but I really never had the nerve to pull the trigger and jump off the cliff and, and really be an entrepreneur. Uh, and I felt it was time. And it was, you know, at my age, I figured if I was going to do it, I had to do it soon. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's what I did. Great decision. You know, I, I think you said to me before we hit record, uh, G squared into your second year now, if I have that right, kind of. Yep, around. Okay. So, so I'm curious about your, your, your time thus far, because you have a good run in your career up into this point and you decide, okay, I actually want to do my own thing and, and, you know, have my own company and be owner and, and so on. And then, you know, two years into it, 50% of it, you're running it in the middle of a pandemic and I'm sure it was not expected. And I imagine your company in California has been impacted as every company has. And so how have you managed, you know, your two years, but in particular the last year overall? That's a great question. And strangely, my business is booming right now. And I think through what happened with COVID. Now, I'd say, you know, at the beginning, Q2, Q3, those, those were pretty quiet times. Once Q4 hit, it spiked through the roof. I think mm -hmm. a lot of CEOs realized, COVID or not, we're coming up on the next fiscal year and our sales house is not in order right now. So we need to do that. So that got busy. I saw a little dip in January. Uh, Mid-February, it's also spiked again as well, too, where people are getting back on that train. Everybody's, not everybody, but the large amount of companies, their sales are down. And it also causes those CEOs to realize, okay, there was a pandemic, but are there other core issues inside of my sales organization that need to be addressed? So that's kind of the realization I've been seeing with CEOs in the past few months. They need to get it back on track. They want to make sure the right people are in the right seats and they have the right processes, strategies, execution, and accountability. And plans in place to succeed going forward.
Right. You know, Greg, it's interesting to, to speak to you. It's been a, a cool run that you've had. I mean, so you're you're from New York, born and bred the Bronx, you know, New York guy. And then when you get to that point, when you're ready to get your education, you go to Buffalo, still New York State, but Buffalo, very different than Manhattan and Bronx is totally different towns. And then you realize, okay, I want to be an electrical engineer. You, you go down that path and you realize, okay, well, there's not much there. And yeah, Rochester's not that far. There's either, you know, Kodak, Xerox is there and, and you realize, okay, it's not really what you want. I hate the winters now. So you get in your car, a couple thousand bucks in your pocket and you go west with no job and you figure it out. You work retail for a little bit and then you find yourself in the sales reluctantly as most of us are. No, I'm not a salesperson. I, I, I'm a technician. I got it. No, no, no. You are a salesperson. Okay, you, get, you finally relent. You do it. You have some good runs at some companies. I rack up a, a boatload of air miles along the way. Great experiences. And then you decide the next you know, chapter in my life is I want to do my own thing. And, and here you are. And so congrats on everything you've been able to create up until this point, man. It's great to hear. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's been an interesting journey, but fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, thanks so much for being here. Uh, let's wrap this one up right now. Uh, actually, before I let you go, uh, sports fan, yes or no? If you are a New York fan, Southern California boy, Chargers fan, where are you at? Uh, uh, New York Giants, core, tried and true, always. Uh, I was, uh, you know, a Chargers fan up until they left us for L.A., and uh, that was about the end of that. So I'm still loyal to my New York teams. Got it. You know, I had somebody on this podcast about a month ago or so, and he's from New York and he's a Giants fan. And he was crystal clear that it's the Jets who rent space at the Giants stadium. <laughs> you can't like the Giants and the Jets. It's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told that even about the L.A. teams. You can't be a Clippers fan necessarily and be a Lakers fan. It's one or the other in some sort well, It's the right? same thing with baseball. It's the Yankees or the Mets and hockey. Right. It's the Islanders or the Rangers. You That's know, right. you, you know. And usually people go in the path the Yankees fans are the Giants fans and the Mets fans are the Jets fans it's really strange but it's generally how it goes well Greg man listen I appreciate you being here man nice to meet you thank you thank you for you're having welcome. me I appreciate all right, it you're welcome all right everybody let's wrap up this episode remember your intention matters why because that's the result you'll tend to get we're out of here we'll do it again next week stay safe and uh, for my guest Greg let's go Giants hey <laughs>